to in a world podcast where we watch bomb films so you don't have to i'm your host mary win and we got a doozy of a bomb film today adam oh yeah some say what it's not a slam dunk <laughs> oh god this is not how we rehearse it <laughs> well i will say i will say if we were watching the movie in question you would have said that and we would have all gone <laughs> a shot to each of us individually <laughs> okay so the, those voices that you guys just heard are my two guests for today. Sorry, <laughs> just like this movie, they are unruly. <laughs> <laughs> Love jumping the intro. <laughs> um, this is our first time having two guests, and uh-huh. I'm kind of scared a I, little bit. I can feel the heat. Yeah. I can feel the heat coming because off of them. This is a lot of energy for a very energetic film. Um, <laughs> and today we have Eric Pastor. Hello! And Kate Durham. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> they are inside of a cave <laughs> or a well that need to be rescued. We don't rescue us! <laughs> Hey, this is not an improvised show, okay? This is only a film review show, you dummies. No bits, Adam. Okay, we we cut to the well 45 minutes later. That's a different show. Different show. Okay, so the movie that we were talking about is Semi-Pro, 2008 Semi-Pro, directed by Kent Alterman. Do you guys uh, know about this? Um, no. Yes. Oh, I I know I know his I found I saw his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, he was actually he was mostly a producer before Semi Pro, right? And uh, which he this movie is actually his first and last film that he ever directed. Ooh. But it's a. Not sad news for Kent because he's currently the president of Comedy Central. Wow. So we cannot shit too much Hold on this on. film. Hold wow. on. This guy yeah. is the president of Comedy Central. Wow. Hey, this is the Sorry, guy that's, sure, that's, sure. uh, that cut all the shows that I like after one or two seasons. <laughs> wow. We're, we're firing shots at Kent <laughs> Okay. So uh, the film stars uh, Will Farrow, who is needs no introduction. If you don't know... Anchorman, then you guys are idiots. We could introduce it. <laughs> <laughs> if you, well, if you, go ahead. Go, uh, go ahead, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> this little known actor from Saturday Night Live. Oh, he shot to stardom. <laughs> Introduce um, it. Well, I'll uh, introduce mm-hmm. him like uh, like he's coming onto the basketball field. Wrong show, Adam. Okay, we on. we cut we to the basketball <laughs> field no. forty five minutes later. <laughs> okay, the next star of this movie is Woody Harrelson, another guy who, if you don't know, get a fucking life, people. Whoa, <laughs> he's the chillest, coolest guy ever, and like. He's in everything. Um, and I feel like Semi Pro was just one of six movies that came out that year for him. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, we were wondering about his schedule because it seemed very clear that 
almost all of his scenes were reshoots. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> and then another person that is of note for this movie is Andre Benjamin, aka Andre the Thousand. Oh yeah. He was in Scary Movie 4 in 2006, <laughs> a couple other projects, but he seems like he's living his life, best life, playing uh, flutes in the airport and other places. He played Jimi Hendrix in the Jimmy movie. Yes, that's okay. right. Yeah, that was a few, and I think that might be on the list for this podcast. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting to see the performance from Andre 3000 where I'm like, yeah, it's good that he did that instead of record a few more great <laughs> classic albums from one of the best rappers of all time. Yeah, very true. You're not a fan of Four Brothers? Uh, no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the budget for this film was $55 million. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Sorry. Eric did a spit take without the water. Sorry. <laughs> um, do you guys want to guess how much money this movie made? I'm going to guess that it made $16 million. Mm, uh, I'm going to go, um, it's star studded. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 20, I'm going to say 29 million. Both of you guys are wrong. It's 43.9 million. Okay. So okay. not okay. as bad as not you a, guys. Not a huge okay. loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's probably because of the draw of Will Ferrell. Because he mm. was like pretty hot at this time. It's the early 2000s. Like Anchorman and all that jazz mm-hmm. is coming out. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so my... I'll go first for my pitch. Uh, I said make it about um, Monix and Clarence, the two characters that feel like main mm. characters, but not <laughs> yes. really given that like that turn. That Monix is uh, Woody Harrelson's character, and Clarence is um, Andre Three Thousand's character. Um, and then have Jackie, who is Will Ferrell's character, as that scheming owner that is always getting in their way mm. that make him less likable because they like they made him so dumb and stupid that I just wanted him out of the movie <laughs> and like I just wanted him to be more of like that bumbling idiot like a tr- like also scheming constantly be a little smarter you know there were a lot of scenes of of uh bumbling where it's kind of like well you didn't quite make a decision about what that character would be or what their role in the movie would Mm be so instead we're just gonna like watch them talk for a while yeah will ferrell will do his darndest (laughs) to to yell his way out of the situation yeah okay so uh what are your guys's pitches for this movie i know you guys have two varying Mm -hmm. versions my pitch so uh this is um i i can I set it up? Yes. As we were watching, we noticed like just how kind of like as you said, Mary, um, just how there were these two tracks running along the movie: mm-hmm. a crazy ass Will Ferrell comedy about yes. a Will Ferrell who wrestles a bear, uh-huh. and then a uh, indie light comedy, but mostly just kind of like indie drama. Yeah, about uh, a man. Who comes to uh, to his like old old hometown or something mm-hmm. uh, to reunite with uh, his his beloved lost flame? 
and maybe learn something about himself on the way. Yeah. So like this running these parallel tracks, but like the tones of them mm. are wildly different. The acting choices, the music that plays, the writing certainly, and, and yeah, the <laughs> writing. And as it gets as it gets further along, they only become more and more like disparate two different movies and so i think the only thing that can bring them together is we need one of those classic fight club style twists where it turns out that woody harrelson only existed feral the entire time really because he's the man that silly boy will feral wants to be feral he doesn't get along he 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 doesn't have a real adult relationship with his own Mm. wife he's a joke to his teammates and to the world uh-huh. He didn't even write the, the his uh, hit song, which great song by the way. I actually, I actually really we we, we, we were singing we were singing we were singing it all the way over here. <laughs> okay, uh, love me sexy. Um, but it turns out his mom wrote that song, so he has. Three weeks, three weeks before she died. Three weeks before she died. So there's nothing really for him to hold on to. So he needs to look for the Woody Harrelson inside himself that can teach him about leadership, about love, Uh about like bringing friends together uh, in a in a real adult way, and finally bring him out of that Will Ferrell man child into the Woody Harrelson he's always wanted to be but didn't have the courage. Okay. Wow. We do our trailers at the end game. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's, there's two things I uh, I would love to say about that. I think, first of all, I think that's a spectacular film pitch and and it would fix two major problems in that movie. First of all, that, that, that Woody Harrelson's whole arc is shot with Rob Corddry and Ma- Maura... Maura t- uh, Tyranny. Yeah. Now we're a tyranny. Yeah. And they do not appear anywhere else except in the very end where clearly it was shot with nobody else in the room. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so that would explain everything because if Woody Harrelson is the, the projection of Will Ferrell's mind, those two characters are not real. That entire, the, that entire arc is a fantasy sequence. It would also help make sense of Woody Harrelson and Andre 3000's relationship. Yes. Because they are at odds. They hate each other until they don't anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing on screen that marks that transition. Well, we'll get to that. Eric, could you pitch me what you would have fixed about this movie? Absolutely. Crawling all over this podcast. We're we're fired. (laughs) Okay. Okay. My pitch is based off of something that Gabe and I were thinking about while we were watching the movie, which is that so much of the movie seems to be, or can't help but be, a meta, a sort of meta commentary on the experience of making this film. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell is constantly struggling to, to he, he's, he's producer, uh, he's, he's the owner of the team, he's the coach, he is the player, he also, Will Ferrell, real person, is the star of the show brought in to try to win over this this mediocre script. How can I take a semi-pro script and make, <laughs> uh, Eric and, is and pointing, make it into gold? Pointing at him. That's exactly right. So what I propose is that this film does not change at all, but we shoot a live theatrical piece <laughs> of Will Ferrell presenting the movie to an audience. He comments on it as he goes, discussing his experience, his struggles. He points out all of the moments that are clear metaphors. Gabe, you mentioned how clear a metaphor it is when he's fighting the bear 
and <laughs> and he's wow. grappling. Okay. He's struggling. He's going, what can I do to make this movie better? At this <laughs> point, it's got to take a bear. <laughs> do you like okay. this audience? Okay. Well, okay. So, like, let's consolidate. <laughs> so, no, he's saying, so, you're saying you want you want this movie, but in Mystery Science 3000 format uh, with Will Ferrell. I would say, yeah. And the bear. Yeah, and not and not and not and not making jokes at the expense of the movie, earnestly describing how it must feel to be Will Ferrell who's signed on to a troubling project. So okay. director's commentary, but just or actor's commentary just with Will Ferrell, but also we're seeing him as well like in a live theater setting. Yes, well. that's all I'm asking. Okay. Okay. We Got through that. Um, 12 minutes in. So So let's get into the movie. Oh, dear God. Um, So we open it on with the song playing over the opening with Love Me Sexy. Love Me Sexy. Thank you, Gabe. It's very good. And then we get this montage of Jackie Moon's memorabilia, including news clippings about him trying to save the tropics and like him like just being like this really like interesting character because you think he's gonna be like the main character Mm -hmm, right like mm -hmm, this whole time this opening and then we cut to jackie himself singing a sexual song at the tropics empty stadium Mm -hmm. and it's like more like a gym like a high school gym than anything and then we are introduced to the gym's mainstays two announcers dick and i couldn't catch the other guy's name like mm. uh well it was dick pepperfield oh, i believe Pe- right yeah, and yeah. Wow, and uh i don't know who uh, uh, but will arnett and andy daly is, is, yeah, is all yeah, i can remember yeah. <laughs> lou redwood and dick pepperfield oh, okay yes lou <laughs> dick and lou um <laughs> names just comedic enough but not really funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there, there's barely like there's cheerleaders who are barely wearing anything. It's like kind of like that sorry like we'll get them with sex. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a player named Scoopsy Doubleday with an intellectually disabled brother, and then Twiggy, and there's other like mm. just like a. a a shroud of just players that have like weird 70s names. Um, and like we didn't really need to know any of their backgrounds because they are barely yes. in this movie. <laughs> uh, Eric pointed out while we were watching it just how it was the most leisurely opening scene we've seen in a movie. Yeah. In a long- I mean, it really drags. Yeah. It's just Will Ferrell announcing every character in the movie uh-huh. and like saying a little kind of funny thing about them mm-hmm. and then moving on. Yeah. It was took forever. Yeah. <laughs> it took forever. Um and then it turns out at the end of his like long uh, d- like announcement, Jackie Moon is one of the players <laughs> on top of being an owner and head coach. And then during the game, Jackie talks to a fan who brought in his own nachos. Mm-hmm. Played and by Jason Sudeikis, Jay- I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Jason Sudeikis. Who never comes back. No, who no, comes no. Back. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Set him up. Who Will Ferrell knows. Who yeah. seems to know this guy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there was like no payoff <laughs> afterwards. And then the star of the show shows up. Clarence Downtown. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and his last name is Brown, right? It just says Clarence on IMDb. Oh, okay. He's got so many names yeah. in, in, throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, he shows up and plays the best out of everyone. Ooh. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was kind of like, it did look, it's interesting because Andre does seem to play better later on in the film. Uh-huh. But Gabe pointed out that it did, it, the way that the basketball was shot, it seemed very much like they were trying to show that Andre 3000 was the best on the team uh-huh. without him actually having the skill to be good. Because <laughs> he kind of just dribbles it uh-huh. and then he steps back and he takes a shot and everyone's kind of comedically falling over him. Yeah, it's like almost like there's this video on Twitter of like this these two guys throwing a pen. Have you guys seen this? Where it's like they're excited because they're like really far from the cup. And they're getting it into the cup. And then the, the camera pulls back and it's somebody dropping the pen into the <laughs> cup. So maybe it's like kind of that trickery where it's like people are like dropping it That's into probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so he's like getting uh, threes almost instantly. Um, at halftime, a dude shoots at half court to get $10,000. The guy does it after passing out for a second. And then Jackie freaks out because there's no sponsors and no money. And it's, uh, what's his name, right? It's, uh, the guy who plays him looks very familiar. It's like, oh, I didn't know him. That, oh, what's his name? Uh, he's a really famous actor. He was in The Watchmen. He oh, was, Dukes. Uh, th- his character is Jackie Earl Haley. Yes. Jackie yes. Earl Haley. He was, uh, the guy with the with the face yes. on uh, uh, the Watchmen with the, yeah, with the, yeah, yeah. the bag on top of his face. He mm. played a homeless man. Just, <laughs> yes, like, sure just, just like J- Jason Sudeikis, it seemed like his plot was going to be more deeply baked into the movie. They really did a lot of setup for him. Yeah. Didn't pay it off. No. They, very, a- they kindly described him as a really dirty hippie, I believe was the... <laughs> Very kind. Very kind. kind. (laughs) Real classic (laughs) late 2000s humor. (laughs) So later that night, uh, Jackie drives home singing. He ends up at the Kremlin Club that I think he co-owns or something like that. (laughs) Something. (laughs) He starts playing his own music at the club. And like, I wish that they played up how pathetic pathetic that was like how pathetic jackie is they didn't really do very much yes so uh, there the movie for a long time acts as if uh this song love me sexy is just a funny thing because it's a song will ferrell recorded Uh he takes it with him wherever he goes he plays it every opportunity he can isn't that silly then they throw it all away deep in the movie when we realize no that was a number one national number one single. <laughs> Is it really? Not yes. one at all. Number yes. one, but oh. but 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 charted a number one hit, a number one <laughs> hit <laughs> in the United States. That song. Yeah. And he's just sadly yep. playing it. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just like he's already has so many sad things about his character yeah. too. That's just another level. Fun thing about this: the song was improvised at the table read oh. and it was recorded at the table read and then they just sent it to a producer and were like can you make a song out of this Whoa. so he improvised the lyrics and the melody on the table read like day of and then that's what we hear on. that's very impressive right wow. Will Ferrell is good yeah. <laughs> he's too good for this he's, 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 yeah despite everything that we're saying yeah so the players talk about how the league is going under um because they're 
the tropics are like a like a smaller what I don't know sports like is it like it's, yeah, so they're a semi-pro team oh, okay. that is like one step below the NBA. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then um, they asked Jackie about the rumors that maybe the NBA is starting to open up and letting um, letting like the semi-pros to come in. To which, like Jackie tells them that he's going in for a league meeting and he thinks it's a merger for with the NBA, which is like horrible. Like, why would you like set that up like that expectation for these like guys that you supposedly love you know what i mean yeah like yeah. It, it just it just made him seem like such a weird one-dimensional character that just like spews out like exposition basically yeah <laughs> i think that i think that's spot on <laughs> they're just trying they're, there's so much that is like they're just asking will ferrell to solve it by being will ferrell yeah. but without doing the hard work of like giving him a character to like actually hang <laughs> yeah his on. there was like so many opportunities to rewrite this script oh. to make mm. him more of a bigger character but he he shows up every scene but he's not really there He's Whoa. he like barely has an arc. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, sorry, Gabe's over here lost in his own mind. <laughs> Mary's dropping bombs. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it did seem like it did seem that there were. This is a star-studded cast, yes. or, or at least star-studded with either presently or future comedy, like mm-hmm. big shots, mm-hmm. and it really felt. As though somebody on set, whether it be the director or the script supervisor or the writer, was like, hey, we brought you all on here because you are the funniest people in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, please do not improvise. Yeah. <laughs> do not. We're going to do a bunch of static scenes where we're shooting like three different angles where you could easily be improvising and we could be picking stuff up. Yeah. But do not do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like there's so much cursing in this yeah. that something, somebody said, don't improvise, but pepper and some fuckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you get to choose when you say the fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hard R, it guys. It's a very hard R. You yeah. need to yeah. start cussing. On IFTP, it says, on profanity, it says severe. Wow. <laughs> it's like, wait. Okay, so the next morning, Jackie goes in. It turns out they are merging with the NBA, but Jackie isn't listening to anybody. He's He's like, He's just, like, acting as if, like, this is the moment. He's finally getting into the big leagues. But it turns out only four teams are being brought in, um, and the other f- others will dissolve. And Jackie convinces everything, everyone um, else that the best four teams should be uh, to get into the NBA. So, like, I guess they're still in the season for their semi-pros. So, like, yeah. th- like they're hoping that at least give them a chance. Um, and I guess it's like kind of based on a true story because they mentioned the Spurs is one of the semi pro. I it is not. Oh, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was too when I first like looked this up. It is one hundred percent not a fa- true story, mm. like at all. Was there a, was there a league like this? The, no, I don't think so. <laughs> huh? Yeah, 
like, like as, as far as I can find, there's no information online saying like to to back this up at like, all. Like the Spurs and the Nets were not originally semi-pro teams that got merged. They got merged up. No, that's, no, that's not what it. it yeah, that, there's nothing this, on this. What are we doing yeah, here? This movie is even worse. Why would they even mention like real teams? Now you're gonna tell me that Flint, Michigan was not the center of funk in the seventies. <laughs> well, okay. It maybe was soul, obviously, because of you know R and B and stuff like that. Maybe I don't know if funk transferred over. I, I, can't, I can't. I can't say. <laughs> sure, sure, that. sure, yeah. sure, 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 yeah. sure. Uh, Flint, Michigan was like, I guess in its pro, like it was, it was, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, it was the auto industry was booming. Stuff. Oh, sure, sure, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Interestingly, the subject is sort of, okay, about the movie is sort of based on a true story. In the early 1970s, America was home to two basketball leagues: the all-powerful, money-producing uh, NBA and its poorer cousin. I don't know who's right this. This is very uh, editorial. The uh, ABA, semi-pro league. Mm. Um, and the I guess this final season, it, it the Flint Tropics are are actually fictional. So I guess maybe. I guess okay, so I guess I was wrong. It is based off of some something real. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. So we got something. Um, so back at the the gym, Jackie tells the players about the news, but they are sour about the deal because Jackie tries to get them going by announcing that he's traded their washing machine for a new member who is Ed Monix. Finally, the real lead of the movie shows up <laughs> 20, 20 minutes in. Well, yeah. I, I will say this is like, it's it's the Anchorman um, like format, right? Because mm-hmm. in Anchorman, Ron Burgundy really isn't the main character. It's oh. Veronica Corningstone, That's right? That's true. The heart of the film oh. is still that. So I would say... Mm. Uh, Woody Harrelson is is the Veronica Cornerstone of this, and that is like there's actually a heart to this, um, and then yeah, and then Will Ferrell is just being another Ron Burgundy that swears a lot more. And... It, it feels very much like an Anchorman lift. It feels yes. like let's do Anchorman mm. again. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. yes, and it's Anchorman that gets them out of like every jam when they're like, oh man, nothing funny's happened for a while. Like, right, bear. Uh, put, okay, he's, we're going to put him in some roller skates and he's going to like almost uh, land on a woman's face, but he won't. It's fine. He won't murder anyone. Yeah. It's fine. Um, yeah, like he he truly does. There's a bear in Anchorman. There's a bear in this movie. There's a lot of lifts. Um, so a dude watching uh, Tropic Weekly, which is a show that they put on for their team, um, and learns of Monik's trade. He tells his girlfriend about it, and he turns. It turns out that she has a bit of a history with Monix, and the dude is a total douche. Who's played by uh, what's his name? Rob Corddry. Rob Corddry. Kyle. And, yes, Kyle. Kyle. That's his name. Um, and Monix, like all of a sudden, Monix just shows up at the door, just like perfectly timed, and it was just We've, and like yeah. We've was, just met this character, yeah. and now we're now we're meeting his entire backstory. Yeah, characters. his B plot. He's the only character in the film to have a B plot. Yeah, <laughs> and he enters twenty minutes into the movie. <laughs> and um, so the girl or the um girlfriend of Kyle, her name's Lynn, and. 
they've had a history together and like this was like the most real like grounded acting out of the whole damn movie and it's so weird it like was the most out of place part of this movie i thought that woody harrelson only signed on to this movie on the condition he got to really show off his chops. Like, he was only going to come in and lend his great name yes. to this comedy um, if he got, like, a real chance to... To show that white man can jump? That's- Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I mean, is that not what you were going for? <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, I want to do right by you. I want to come in and save this movie, but you, you got to give Woody a little something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been so cool if Wesley Snipes somewhere appeared in this. Yeah. For sure. But I doubt he would have been like, I would rather die. <laughs> <laughs> Played Andre 3000's dad or something. Yeah, <laughs> no. Played Blade. <laughs> Later that night, Jackie plays with his crew this poker game. It was so long. There's like so many scenes that drag on for so long. We were long. fascinated with the poker game scene. <laughs> great scene. <laughs> it has like this weird like conversation about sex. So one thing that like the conversations in this movie made me wonder is were the comedies of the aughts funny at all? <laughs> like, because like this movie had the hallmarks of so many of those things. Like yeah. they use the word retarded. There's like there's uh they they have some like macho like I fucked your mother jokes yeah. that's like that we are to understand that the guy who said hey I fucked your mother like that guy's cool like that was a, that was a funny <laughs> mm-hmm. thing he said it like cuts to somebody being like I liked when you said that <laughs> <laughs> This was the first scene that was the real introduction of my favorite trend throughout this movie which was people saying things that were not funny and then all of the actors laughing (laughs) which I thought was like I I, it was sort of like it was that word um, when you have like music that's in the it's diegetic Uh it's like diegetic laughter Uh that's funny Um, thank you for that that is my smarty pants it's like it's almost like a laugh track to their their bad joke yes Um, so there's like also playful banter it becomes silent after Cornelius calls Lou a jive turkey. (laughs) Right. And Lou becomes psychotic and points an empty gun at him. Um, And it turns out to be a joke. (laughs) That was the whole thing. And they start saying silly stuff at each other, shooting the empty gun at each other. Then Jackie throws the gun onto the table. It shoots... Shoots off and then Cornelius gets shot. Oh, I want Eric to say his pitch for the best thing oh, that could happen in this scene. You know, I this was a this was a runner up for for what my pitch for the movie was going to uh-huh. be, which was that in this scene, the when they're passing around the gun, Will Ferrell takes the gun and points it at his head. That's the first one to shoot it. Uh-huh. He points it at his head and he clicks it and it doesn't go off. But my pitch is that he points it, he clicks it. He kills himself. That's the inciting incident. I love and that. And now we're in a movie where, like, he wakes up in heaven or something. Whoa! And whoa. He, or something. I don't know. Okay. Something happens. Or the rest of the movie just has to pick up the pieces and figure out yeah, how, yeah. how a Will Ferrell vehicle like, moves on. <laughs> this is the better it's, version. It's an endgame scenario. <laughs> oh what happens when Thanos dies in the, in the first 10 minutes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, 
Um, so <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that's the movie. <laughs> I don't get to pitch, so I'm just over here pitching. Yeah, that song. Adam gets a, gets a few chances to pitch throughout this uh, episode. Uh, so the next day, the team is on the way to somewhere else to play, and then like Monix is the bell of the ball, basically, because he has like an NBA ring. And but Clarence points out that Monix never played in the playoffs before they before that they like get into a tussle like they're almost gonna get into a tussle and then Jackie turns back and exclaims for everyone to love everyone. (laughs) 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 A lot of the a lot of the the moments in this movie, a lot of the exposition is given. Right before it's used. Yeah. So he, so Will Ferrell butts in, presses them apart, and goes, Everybody, this team, remember, this team is all about love. And then he says, Our motto, we all just have to love each other, or whatever the fuck he <laughs> yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not into planting seeds early and having those seeds pay off. No. no. It's, and just, just the same way as like Andre 3000 just like starts shit in the mm. bus in that moment. They're like, well, we need them to have a conflict now, so he's going to say bad things about Mannix. Yeah. And it's just like, it doesn't seem like it's in his character. He's no. like a pretty cool, chill guy, but <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> um, and there could have been like a little more racial tension. It's the 70s, mm, too. Yeah. Like, it was just, I mean, in the 70s, just happened, so happens that civil rights happened, you know? So there could have been a little more, like, I don't know, tension. Yeah, well, I'm wondering, like, historically, like, when did the first African-American get introduced into, like, NBA? Yeah. Well, I, I think the 70s, there was probably quite a few already at that mm. point. Lately, mm. if it's late 70s, I'm not sure, but, like... But yeah, like there's definitely that they could have talked about that for sure. I think that in Eric's version where Will Ferrell gets shot in the previous scene, that is absolutely explored in the movie. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then because now Will <laughs> Will Ferrell he's, is he's gone, who we thought was going to be the lead of this movie. Yeah. Is no longer the lead. Sort of places beyond place beyond the pine style. And uh <laughs> And now we're diving into the world. Well, we, we go, have to, we t- go to his kids. Yeah, <laughs> they now take over the absolutely. They take over the team. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And there's tension, and there's mm. like explore. I mean, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I uh, I would say that uh, uh, the other thing that well, it wasn't explored except by the actual writers of the movie in real life was the treatment of women in this film was insane. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. There's a scene in here that I wish I could scrub from my brain. Um, (laughs) So at the uh, St. Louis uh, arena, they play subpar. After Father Pat, who's the ref, gets Jackie uh, for traveling, they trade words, but... It's a step too far for Jackie when uh, Father Pat suggests that Jackie's mom is in hell. <laughs> I forgot about this. Yeah, it's a deeply religious film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really wrestling with a lot. Oh, yeah. I don't understand why the the priest was a ref, too. Is that common? Or well, they already have the colors. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> another zinger. <laughs> 
<laughs> Guys, we we watched this weeks ago. I had all these prepared. <laughs> I, uh, I I noticed there's a this like long long piece of paper you keep taking out of your pocket, Adam. Or <laughs> You're not supposed to see that. So he pulls like his team mid game, like a child, um, and then he just leaves. The next day, the hippie um, who is uh, the dirty hippie. <laughs> That's what they call. Um, talks to Jackie about the the clearly fake check not being able to be cashed. Um, it was like a cardboard cutout, right? Or like cardboard and then written yeah, on it. It was a fake novelty check. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the gym, Jackie tells the team that they need to get 2,000 fans in the stands every home game. The NBA won't take a team without fans. Which makes sense because mm -hmm. they don't want duds and they're a dud. So um, the team is even more discouraged because Jackie's plan is to wear eyeliner. <laughs> this is my favorite. Oh, yeah. This is my favorite plot point of the movie. <laughs> Wait, so I forgive me. I forget why he like decides to do eyeliner. The plan. The plan is to, I believe, to be intimidating and to distract the other players. Oh, okay. And my favorite thing about this is that it works. <laughs> they get out on the court and they have bare, like, like barely any, like just a little, like, like a, yeah. just a ring, just enough to make your eyes pop. Yeah. yeah. And they get up in a player's face, and the player freaks out. Yeah. And loses control of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but when it starts running into their eyes it's like dis disabling mm -hmm. them too the only one who does wear it is does not wear it is monix and he gets ra uh, razzed by the other team because he's like the one with the nba ring and stuff and they start to get into a fight but Ch jackie breaks it up because the commissioner would not like it. it oh was... yeah, and then we and then we go to the fight during the commercial. Yes. Yes, 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 yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So everyone. So like. So to get out their anger is to like during the commercial breaks because everything's televised. Everyone starts fighting on the court, but as soon as the feed comes back on, they stop fighting. I think this was the first. I think this was the first instance uh, in this in this movie. Of like a concise joke mm -hmm. that was executed, uh, like they cut to, they cut to a family watching some nice commercial, mm -hmm. not knowing that the game that they're watching is currently uh, yeah. turned into a right. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, but later that night, like in the um, locker room during the halftime, or actually during the halftime, Amonix gets pissed that the game was terrible. Even though all the players want to do is talk about the fight, Monix and Clarence get into it. Afterwards, Monix gets Clarence his uh, gives Clarence his ring and gets pretty real about it. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to talk about that scene? I'm trying to remember what happens with uh, I'm missing. I forget the 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 ring part. Yeah. What does he say? What does he um? Uh, do we have any? Do you remember mm, that kid? I remember when it comes back later, but uh, yeah, because Monix tells Clarence that even though he was on the bench, he still got to play actual basketball while he oh yeah, like while like Clarence is squandering away his talents, basically. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and that, they, yes, that's like that's their most heated moment. Yeah. So that's the moment where you're like, oh, these guys have some shit that they have to work out. Yeah. And they're going to because there's no way that they'll love each other the very next time we see them <laughs> in the same scene. I also I also found it very interesting that this was. This was another example. I, this is my other theory about Woody Harrelson's uh, conditions upon doing this movie was that I believe that he requested that he would be in the movie, but that none of his scenes would be funny <laughs> because because they are decidedly not like like there is not even an attempt at humor. Occasionally, a character in the scene with him is funny, but he does not once. Do anything funny. There is nothing funny about this character. This character is a. This character going back to Gabe's pitch is an earnest, you know, down to earth mm-hmm. loser right. who is on a redemption story. He's flawed. He's he's broken. But maybe he has a future. I bet that they were trying to hand him some jokes, and he's like, you know what? I think this scene is going to have more integrity if I don't say that to him. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's been in like comedies and stuff. Like, That's where he started. Yeah, he's a really funny person. But if he, if he he's is... not holding a beer, then he's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> so outside the court, Monix gets arrested for kicking in a <laughs> cop car. Yeah. I... <laughs> Can you do that? Can you, from the ground, kick a cop car in? Like a cop car, front, like a front window of a car, because they usually slant up. This is a physics thing. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. <laughs> what I'm getting yes, into. Uh-huh. It just seemed insane that you could, from like a stand, just pick up your leg and kick in a car window <laughs> like that. Right? That's crazy. Yeah, I, no, mean, I don't think that, no. I mean, like, maybe back in the 70s, they were using real glass. You know what oh. I mean? As opposed to tempered or yeah, whatever tempered. That is. Yeah. I th- I think they it, they only started instituting that a lot later. Well, right? I feel like it would be easier with te- tempered because then it would then everything would crumble and and then bind together. Mm. Whereas in the seventies, it'd be far more unrealistic. He would just punch into a piece of glass and then it would just be a gigantic hole inside um, of it. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. it, then it, it would just be all cut up and. My, ruin his basketball career. My issue with that scene is more like just as a story moment. Like the movie kind of treats it as like, listen, we've all gotten mad and punched <laughs> a cop car with the cops still in it because we had to let out some seats. Yeah, like you know, we get it. Like this is this is a troubled guy, but he's good. This <laughs> inside, he's good. This was his funny moment. This yes. was this was that's what this was because they did the same thing with Veronica Cornystone in uh in in Anchorman. She gets. She just. Her funny moments is just when she gets mad or she gets horny or whatever. Oh, you know? yeah, that's, that's it. Pretty good. That, uh, more realistic, I guess. But so Monix gets bailed out by Lynn. Uh, later, she drains his knee. Yeah. <laughs> <Which, gasps> is that what that was? Yeah, he was. Oh. She was draining his knee, and they have a like a deep conversation about their past, and they get. But they get interrupted because because uh, they're about to like kiss and like there's mm-hmm. some sexual tension and they get in- but they get interrupted by the players because they want Monix to coach because here comes Andre three thousand yes to say Monix I've always loved you <laughs> <laughs> not even that not even yeah. a hint of I there I was ever sorry. anything there was ever yeah. anything that yeah, yeah, ever yeah, happened yeah. between us it is purely. Hey, we'd like you to coach the team. We yeah. have a solution. That also they're dressed 
to the nines. They are like ready to go. I love that scene so much because the costumer clearly was like, they were like, okay, dress the dress the players. Yeah, but where are they going next? I was like, oh, well, what do you mean? I mean, like, dress the, no, 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 I know what you mean, but like, what time is you know it what? Are they going out? I bet after that, this? that was Andre's condition. It's do you like, think so? like that, yeah, so like, he didn't need a subplot. He just needed to look really good yeah. in like every scene where he's not um, playing basketball. He looked great throughout yeah. this movie. I think yeah. what I saw in the trivia said he needs to wear at least nine hats. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> So the next day, the team are in costumes, which because they're getting choreo from uh, Jackie. And Monix like <laughs> shows up, and Clarence tells Jackie about their plan to have Monix teach them how to play basketball. And Jackie is very hurt by this. Yeah, he like. It just made him seem like even more of an idiot. Like, doesn't he want to be in the NBA? In, in the in the like meta version of this, mm. like, um, this is the moment that Will Ferrell's character realizes that the movie is slipping away from Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh shit, this actually isn't my story. So what happens? My next? arc isn't a real arc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh huh. And, and so the coach. Uh, the 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 coach label is being taken off. The second lead, yeah. played by Woody Harrelson, is, mm-hmm. is now the lead, the real star of this film. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so they worked something out where Jackie would still be the head coach and promoter, so that um, yeah, it was just like all the title thing. And I wish ugh, he just acts like a child. They spend movie. a lot of time talking about logistics in this movie. Yes. Really making sure that we know all the players' names, yes. even yes. though we're never going to see them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making sure that we may... Oh, it's just... It's just uh, it's it's a lot of exposition that is so, so unnecessary. Yeah. That's and it like adds so much like length to this movie when it could have been chopped down so much more. Mm. Um, so on the first day of coaching, Monix tells them about non-selfish basketball. They start uh, practice without a basketball. So it's like kind of a game of improv, basically. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite favorite part about them starting out is he pulls a knife and stabs the basketball (laughs) to deflate it and then throws it away. And I know, you know that that character bought that knife for that <laughs> moment. Because it was like a it was like a stabbing knife. Yeah. It was not Whoa. like a jagged like hunting knife or anything. Uh-huh. It was like a dagger. <laughs> and it could have been like for my new pitch is that there's a lot more racial tension and he yes. could be using that knife mm. to be fucking like stabbing black people. What? I don't know. This 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 Okay, so Wait, my uh, who's stabbing people? Monix is this white guy who has a lot of racial tension. Okay, and that he's been. Why would he have that knife? <laughs> other than being a racist. Mary, Mary, <laughs> so he's a murderer. <laughs> yes. Mary's trailer murderer. is going to be for a movie that's retitled like Race War '78. <laughs> it's like so you're saying he's like a Dexter. A racist Dexter. <laughs> oh, I've been watching a lot of Mindhunter right now, oh, so yeah. I, I want. It, I might it, yeah. change it to him being a serial killer of Flint. That's Michigan. fun. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, he's getting away with it too because he's a white guy, and <laughs> like 
police aren't looking into black people's lives that they haven't for years. Have you seen it on Mindhunter season two? You would know this. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, 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 starting today for this podcast, we'll now be watching a movie and a season <laughs> of, a, yes. of a television show yeah. that thematically kind of clicks with what we'll be. Not really. That, wow, I will. Uh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> no, that's a joke. That's a joke. It's, uh, <laughs> also, you don't get to make decisions, Eric. You're a guest on I'm the show. I'm taking over. <laughs> we cut to back in the well. No, 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 no. No. We cut back to the studio. We cut yeah, back. We're, in the we're back in the right studio right now. We're cutting. cutting. <laughs> so, uh, like, the workout is like too strenuous to the point of throwing up. But Jackie cannot throw up. Uh, Jackie's like crawling around, like um, in like doing this crawl exercise. Exclaims to Monix, "I wish you were still a washing machine." That's a really funny line. That's a good line. That's a good line. You know, it's a funny line. It's because they set that up and then they paid it, paid off. it off. Unlike how they explain. That Will Ferrell has never thrown up before. Yeah. Moments before he has to throw up. Yeah. So funny thing about this. Um, so, uh, so he says he's never thrown up before. Will Ferrell, the actual person, uh, when he was a child, had a disease where it, he was chronically vomiting. Oh my Whoa. god! And uh, if you've ever seen him shirtless, which you've seen any of his movies, you have he actually <laughs> has a scar on his like kind of upper abdomen right there, like mm. somewhere around there, and that's from that surgery to. To cure that, oh. so it's like some weird homage to that. Mm, for, that's I a, guess for the real fans. <laughs> yeah. This what's important about this scene is that this is the moment that we're learning to trust that Monix is a really good coach, and we learn that by him saying to all of his players, "I'm gonna make each of you barf, and you have to barf for me." <laughs> the hallmark of a great coach. That's yeah. What yeah. You do. Yeah. Because um, so to get. Jackie there. Monix tries to force it by punching him. <laughs> and it backfires because Jackie throws up on Monix. And that's the joke of the scene. Uh, <laughs> Proceeded by Will Ferrell. Do, now that you say that, I understand why this was so real and grotesque. Because Will Ferrell so really walks around that court dry heaving in the most grotesque it was, it was, it was, it was, it, it was unnerving. It was nauseating. Yeah. It was not a funny throw up. <laughs> no. It was very real. Yeah. And then yeah. instead of Triggering. Seeing, and then instead of seeing the throw up, there's one of those like cartoony like cutaways to like the city from far away. Uh -huh. um, as if uh, maybe we're seeing that like the whole city is reacting to how gross it is when he runs. <laughs> oh, or maybe it's an homage to saying that Detroit is a throw up. <laughs> Wow. wow! Wow! Okay, it's Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Also. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, okay. So <laughs> Always getting your uh, cities in Michigan mixed up. <laughs> during a game, it is very clear that the team is a lot better. Uh, during a timeout, we learn that Jackie doesn't want the team to win by too much because if they get 125 points, then the fans get free corn dogs. And they do not have any in stock. And I was like, well, you are an idiot. Again, this is like a child. Like, this is following a child. And we don't, like, 
why he's it's very uninteresting mm. to watch. But, but it's okay because surely the movie is setting up a big funny scene where they're gonna realize that uh, they're supposed to get corn dogs, but the, they don't get to have corn dogs, so the place goes crazy or something. Yep. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Oh, no, that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry to jump ahead. A really sorry, funny scene. Sorry, ahead, <laughs> sorry to excited. jump ahead. But uh, yeah, they set that up and then they just cut away to some other thing. Yeah, <laughs> they just... literally do that because he tries to prevent getting an extra point, but it's too late and they get 126 points. And er- so thusly, they get corn dogs and yeah. that was it. Matt Walsh shouts, they get corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and then the scene is over. Yeah. And so and we cut to like an, a montage we learned that the tropics are moving up on the scoreboard and more more people are showing up for the games. And Monix are and and Clarence are becoming better friends and they still do the dance with the costumes. <laughs> and I love that That's scene. Cute. Like it was a really cute scene. It's really nice. Yeah. Um but it's gonna be cut in my version. <laughs> <laughs> turning into a gritty Rap. Race Murder. war. Yeah. <laughs> so would you, in your version, would Clarence be kind of like going after Monix? Like to like, yeah, to be like, like almost like a, it, a Clarence, black Klansman type of thing? Yes. Clarence is an undercover <gasps> basketball player trying to find this uh, mass murder. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Slash basketball player. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, at night, Lynn comes out of her house and sees Monix. He proposes to her. <laughs> And they sure. Get, <laughs> it, it was just too much. Of uh, they get interrupted by Kyle, but Monix convinces him to go to the store for him. But oh god, this is uh, this is what I hated the most about this movie. Um, but later, Kyle comes back because he forgot his wallet. He finds them having sex. And Kyle decides to watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I nearly threw up. <laughs> it was the worst. Especially since there's only one female character in this whole movie. Yeah. yeah. She didn't need to be like used in like a sexual kind of way. Like it's it's again, it's that it's that anchorman thing's like make sex funny. Okay, how do we do this without making it a super trippy thing? Oh yeah, let's fucking cuck Rob Cordry. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um, so they realize that he's there and that ends their sex scene. And yeah, it's kind of just over. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of these scenes just end. There's yeah. no momentum carrying us into the next scene. Yeah, you know. A lot of them set up things that aren't really paid off. And it's kind of like, all right, well, we did it. We hit that beat <laughs> we of did the story. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They needed a sex scene. Anchorman did it. So yeah. that's it. <laughs> Um, so at half uh, a halftime show, um, Jackie decides to roller skate uh, his um, what was it? Decides to roller skate over all the ball girls. Oh boy! And they all survive. <laughs> Later. <laughs> well, I don't think it would be a murderous thing. <laughs> They'd just be injured a little bit. I mean. Skates to the head. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, I think like from the di- from the distance that he's dropping on them. Oh, okay. Could, could easily uh, kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> easily. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Easily. Which uh, 
You know, uh, yeah, I'll say, like, I mean, the, the movie doesn't care about women at all. And, <laughs> yeah. and it shows this again and again. They're entirely expendable. Uh, th- they don't die, but it, the implication is the mu- the movie kind of thinks it would be funny if they did. <laughs> I think, well, it's that it's that Anchorman thing again where it's just like, we're men, right? Yeah, this is funny. Like, and then it, but it never, like, makes them the butt of the joke. Yes. It never yeah. switches to that, like, that's you, they're being dumb. It just like we're they're saying like hey we're in the same world of Anchorman yeah. but they never say they never make their characters uh, uh, funny or like uh, lower status. Will Ferrell never gets proven wrong, right? Yeah, no, yes, yeah. he's right, and then he's stupid, and that's it. <laughs> we even when he has his downfall and he's uh, sorry to jump ahead for a second no, no. for when he's in a dumpster. He's just in a dumpster because, like, the thing he didn't want to have happen happened. And yeah. it wasn't his fault. You know, it's like... Yeah, it's not like he like, fell out of a window into a dumpster. It was like he was feeling sad and he crawled into a dumpster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that is... Fell out of a window well, and like, then into a dumpster. Well, what I'm saying is, like, there could be a situation where, like, he literally has a downfall. Like, he, he screws up to the degree that actually lands him in a dumpster right, right, and he right. lays there yeah. moping. Uh, Wait gotcha, till you gotcha. get to Eric's full pitch where there's so <laughs> many scenes of people falling through windows into dumpsters. Into um, so he finds out, Jackie finds out that the commissioner's coming, um, so they need to bring in more of a crowd. So on the to- Tropics Weekly, Jackie announces that at the next game, he'll wrestle a bear. Absolutely. And, yes. And we get that scene. Um, oh, yeah. Because the next day, Jackie is in the ring. Because it was almost instantly. We didn't need that announcement at all. Like, it could have been just, like, cut to, we need to get more people, and there's a bear there. I'm saying, yeah. like, why are you doing this? And as he's there, he's like, we need to get more fans or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. in the yeah. scene, he could You'd be You'd have a nice element of surprise, yeah. surprise moving swiftly. Yeah, yeah if... They could have brought out the bear at in that cut scene, but I don't know. It's just another, like... It just drags on and could have been like cut. So Jackie gets into the ring with the bear and he's clearly having second thoughts, but he mans up and goes for it. And after some a- a- antagonization, the bear attacks him and they wrestle until the bear escapes and the crowd freaks out and leaves as soon as the commissioner conveniently shows up. Mm. And I was like, would the commissioner want a bear there for at all for any NBA game? You know what I mean? It was just like such a stupid excuse mm-hmm. for a joke. Like there was no reality set in this like moment, you know. And still, like, were there did was there a uh, repercussions of Will Ferrell being dumb fighting the bear? I don't think the commissioner was like because of this bear thing I saw. I'm going to give you a consequence. Yeah, there right. Was... It just like the movie kept going, like yeah. as again, like as if nothing had happened. No, actually, I think the consequence is that Will Ferrell is con- is proven to be a great promoter. <laughs> is that that's the yeah. he <laughs> filed that away? It was like you're, the... you're pretty cool. Yeah, that's true, right? Yeah, because like, he brought in a crowd and he's putting his money where his mouth is, basically, mm-hmm. and he went into the ring. The movie, uh, or that that scene features young Kristen Wiig, um, oh, yes. already on SNL, but not quite as um, breakout star as she would be soon. Right. And yeah. it really, her performance really seemed to say what I think was what was said by the performances of all of the other incredible comedians in this film, which is it really seemed as if 
she came on set and was doing her Kristen Week thing. And then somebody told her, hey, Kristen, could you just like tone it down? Could you, or I was like, could you take, could you take your unique talent that um, you you bring to your role and just uh, do it like anyone would? <laughs> <laughs> She's just a face. Yeah. <laughs> She's just that. Um, so later on in the locker room, it is announced that even though they could win it all, the committee had has decided against allowing the Tropics in the NBA. It's all because Flint isn't a big enough media market for them to even bother. Which makes really a lot of sense. That could have been yes. like kind of a comment on like corporation not really caring about like the smaller markets. Like they they're still like a a city, you know, like with people there. So, but they totally squander it, and that's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Well, which is wild because Flint used to be a car town. Yeah, it was Detroit, not just Detroit, but that's why Flint has fallen in hard times. Is because. All of the manufacturing went away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to say yeah. that it didn't have a big market. Yeah. Doesn't seem truthful mm-hmm. at all. That's because- Adam. That's right. You are learning the differences between Detroit and Flint. <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. <laughs> well, he's the only one with his phone open, guys. Um, I meant Detroit. Sorry. <laughs> so after the commissioner leaves, uh, Jackie admits he's a phony. <laughs> Which we've all known this. Everyone know has known this, including his song, which was his mom's song, which you guys you guys mentioned before. She wrote three weeks before she died. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then Monix leaves, and then we cut to another montage where all the players are going through something. But in a positive turn of events, Jackie had traded Clarence to the Spurs so that he would be able to go to the NBA, which was a nice thing. So nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, on the on the Love Me Sexy front, oh, yeah. they really set it up in a moment um, for like an act three thing that, that's like, it. We're, we're not sure how, but it's definitely going to involve Will Ferrell writing a new song. Mm-hmm. This time it'll be his song that he wrote that like puts his experience into it. And somehow that song is going to save the day. Basically, like they pitch that oh. in that scene because they all go, "You could write another song. Mm. You're on a phone. Yeah. You could write another song." And yeah. he says, "No, you couldn't." And he's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they drop it forever. Yep. No one ever mentions it again, nah. and he doesn't. Why write would a you? Song. <laughs> Why well, it's kind of mentioned later. We'll talk about that scene. Um, but well, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Terrible. We're just moving through, slugging along in this movie, if you will. Um, so at a bar, Clear- Clarence meets up with Monix. He asks Monix what he was uh, playing for, what he was playing for, but he refuses to answer. This is the moment in the story mm-hmm. in Woody Harrelson and Clarence's story where. They should. This is the scene where they should have reconciled. Yeah. Right. But they already did because they didn't because they always <laughs> liked each other. Because they forgot. So instead, this scene was kind of just like two guys that really love each other supporting each other. <laughs> and it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. Yeah. It was nothing. <laughs> Pushed nothing forward. <laughs> <laughs> so in my version, this is where uh, Clarence... <laughs> 
catches him. Yeah, like like uh, honey traps him because uh-huh. <laughs> oh. he's about yes. to. Monix is about to murder him. Right, but Clarence reveals that he's a secret agent. Right, that's very good. CIA, yeah. and, like they have a sword off or a, a yeah. knife off. No, a sword off. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the 70s, so everybody had swords. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> so in this movie, uh, Clarence leaves his, uh, Monix with his ring. So he basically just gives it back. I, in like a real story, it would have been like Monix finally giving him the ring or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There were they were, I, the relationship just seems so f- superficial anyway. So I didn't buy any of that emotion. One of those moments, like in a movie, where this this we see the ring cross the table, and we know it's supposed to mean something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this is significant somehow. Mm-hmm. It would have been great if they just cut this movie over credits right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but we are not done. Um, <laughs> later in a dumpster, what you guys were talking about? <laughs> Monix meets up with Jackie and tells him to call a team meeting, um, and then. I was there a reason why he was in the dumpster other than him being sad? I think that was it. I think it was. I think it was. There was no. There was no location given. As he well. didn't actually lose his house uh-huh. or anything mm-hmm. like that. It wasn't. And he eats a, a. And he's eating a pancake. He's eating a pancake in the dumpster, <laughs> which I think was an attempt at funny. <laughs> was an attempt at humor, I believe. Yeah. It feels like an Anchorman scene, too. This is the part in Anchorman where he's drinking milk on the street. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, at the Kremlin, which is the club, uh, Monix talks to the team team into playing the game. Even though it doesn't matter, the team is ready to play for fourth place. Um, And then at a... Like, it was just like... They could have just wrote it in a way where the team was already there and it would have been like, it's happened already. This That scene happened. We needed two three-minute speeches. <laughs> That's what we needed. We need Woody Harrelson to give one and then we needed Will Ferrell to give one. Well, that was in their contracts. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I gave one three-minute speech. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm the lead of the movie and I am also the lead of the movie. I mean, really, I mean, going to my pitch, this was really a great, I mean, you know, this was, this was like this is the moment where Will Ferrell stops and kind of talks about that and talks mm-hmm. about this like how there was a lot of contractual give and take uh-huh. between Woody Harrelson coming onto this movie. Oh, I could see like a spotlight coming down on like Will on stage's mm-hmm. face, and he's like, "If I could get real with you guys for a minute, this is a one man show. This mm-hmm. is um, <laughs> this was late in the shoot." And I looked on the calendar and I realized that I hadn't seen either of my daughters for 40 days. <laughs> and I thought, like, is this worth it? Like, is all this worth me missing the lives of my daughters? Projections of his daughters behind him. <laughs> we do the trailers at the end, guys. Um, so, Unruly. <laughs> at a press conference, Jackie promotes the hell out of the useless game. He announces that there in it, there is a Flint, Michigan mega bowl, which. <laughs> Oh yeah, what was that? It's bullshit, right? It's bullshit because yeah, they it, all, yeah. He was he made it up. Yeah. Oh, and okay. so that's the joke. 
I was like, so he believes that everyone's going to be like, oh, there is one? It, we've lived here for all these years and we've never heard of a Mega Bowl, but now there is one? I don't know. And because he's a great promoter, he's right. Because he's, people show up to the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, in the locker room, Clarence isn't very welcomed on the Spurs. The Tropics come on to the court as heroes to the sold-out crowd. Yeah, what you when said. When did this happen? Yeah. When did they get the support of the people of Flint? <laughs> yeah. During the game itself, it seems like the Spurs are doing very well and Clarence is on the bench. So, he's like, he's now, he used to be big fish of the small pond and then now he's a small fish of the big pond and then jackie gets knocked down pretty hard the teammates carry him off the court clarence follows the tropics back and in the locker room they try to wake him up but he's in heaven now and he talks to his mom who is patty labelle hell yeah yes Mm. and i wonder how much money they paid her (laughs) For yeah. this tiny cameo. Certainly a lot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And Patty she, LaBelle like, is African-American, correct? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the joke is that he's mm-hmm. part African-American, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did they talk about that at all? No. Not addressed. Okay. Nope. No. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's just a, it, it's, a weird it's another, racist it's, joke. It's another one of those moments that feels like, you know, you picture, again, we're in the aughts. People are like, that's so funny. Like, and we it, just never address it. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Um, it's also Patty LaBelle. So yeah. there's is his there, mom Patty LaBelle? There's there's also uh, a moment um where uh, a couple of uh well known actors are um seen fleeing um in the bear scene uh in wheelchairs. <laughs> and the the joke that we are to assume is in real life they're not in wheelchairs. Here they are. so in the dream i guess patty labelle teaches him how to play basketball because when he comes out of it he teaches the rest of the team the (laughs) alley-oop this was there's so many great things about this scene yeah okay Mm -hmm. so during the game clarence is back playing for the tropics (laughs) eric had a lot of issues with this you can't change your team. <laughs> yeah. You can't Mid-game. change your team. My, my favorite, my favorite. Well, my, if the mm. owner is on the team. <laughs> That's a good point. He can, he can draft up a contract right there. That's true. Yeah. My, my, my favorite thing about, about Clarence symbolically leaving when he goes from the, from uh, the Spurs to the locker room mm-hmm. and everyone's like, and the team is shouting at him and the coach is shouting at him is that he takes off Again, there were so many things in this movie that were funny, and I don't know if they were meant to be jokes. Mm-hmm. But he's very, very symbolically, he takes off his bench jersey, uh-huh. like the, the baggy one, uh, as if he's removing the Spurs jersey to reveal another Spurs jersey <laughs> underneath. <laughs> and then he walks into, but he casts he cast the Spurs jersey aside as if to say, I'm done with you. And yet he is still wearing... A Spurs jersey. It was not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> not he was just—he was just get, getting not comfy. He was just yeah, getting yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was getting game ready. So during the game, Jackie does the play, which stuns the whole crowd because they've never seen an alley oop before. Um, and then Father Pat allows the play. 
I guess certain plays are illegal. Like, yeah. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like uh, you can't you can't throw a you know a bucket of sp- uh, confetti on somebody in the middle of a game, or you can't like uh, you can't do a cartwheel with a with a basketball or anything like that. You know, there's just you know. Pretty much har- anything Harlem Globetrotters oh, okay. is in okay. the middle. Yeah. Sure. I mean, there, there is something, like, I think is kind of funny about, like, we we realize now that we are witnessing the moment that the alley-oop was invented. Like, that's just, like, a fun, silly idea. Yeah. 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 It's an idea. But it's I guess a- it's mostly for, like, <laughs> it's people. It's an idea. <laughs> it's an idea for people who watch basketball, you know? Like, because mm. I don't, I was like, that's just. Someone could have just done that. You know what I, I mean, mean? Like we are 90 minutes into this film. You have watched basketball. That's I think that's the conceit of this. Oh, okay. Like you have watched it enough. Hey, no one's doing any alley oops. What's going on here? <laughs> the thing that's what we were all asking ourselves. <laughs> the thing that blew both of our minds during this is that one of the commentators shouts out as this is as this is happening. He's floating in reference to in reference to Clarence jumping up to take the ball. They've seen a dunk before. <laughs> like, they've seen somebody jump up to hoop height, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that is not... Again, yeah. yeah. But I think maybe it was, like, supposed to allude to the, to the like, the new, spiritual, the religious quality of oh. learning it from, from, from mom up, oh. in, up in heaven or something. Oh, wow. Oh. So he's floating with, like, the power of with his the power mom's, of like, Christ. Again, it's a very religious with Christ. Yeah, with uh, Christ. Yeah. Because... Christ, only only through Christ can any of us ascend. Thank you. Gabe. And that's what I want. That's what I, that's what my 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 true pain come is back to be the well. <laughs> Get back in that oh, well. Podcast over. <laughs> so the tropics are starting to like catch up right now. Um, at twelve seconds left, the Spurs are ca- uh, catching on to the play. They decide to do the puke. <laughs> the puke. But. Uh, Jackie gets two free free throws. He does it granny style. He gets one, but misses the other. And Monix grabs it and wins the game. So they're at fourth the final place. alley. Yeah. yeah, Gabe, you had a very interesting fact about granny style, which I was just—it was just. Oh cool. yeah. So um, I listened to uh, a podcast. It was—it was probably the Malcolm Gladwell podcast, I think. And he did a whole episode about how, like, actually the alley oop. Uh, no, not the alley. The, gra- the granny style free throw is a better way to do the free throw than like the way everybody does in the NBA. It's just that they don't do it because it looks so silly. Yeah, Aww. there was a uh, a I believe Shaq did it for a while. Really, back when he was like really known for not doing uh, like good at free throws. Like they they that was a big thing. Foul Shaq, foul Shaq whenever it was a ball because he will not. Take, he was not good at free throws. Mm. But after a while, he actually started doing it and then sinking it. Wow. Because yeah. it is far more accurate and more more control. Mm. <laughs> Very <Yes>. didn't die. <laughs> 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 We're so close to being done, guys. That's um, how so we felt watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Flint wins the Mega Bowl. The me- quote-unquote Mega Bowl. Uh, the whole town cheers fourth place. Um, t- Clarence is allowed back onto the Spurs again. Like that's not allowed. He mm-hmm. just jumps ship. Monix gets back with Lynn. Jackie gets hired by the NBA via the um, commissioner to promote, but the commissioner gets mauled by the bear. 
Oh. Mm. As soon as that bear started mauling people, they were bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> they, multiple times, just out of the blue. Yeah. Somebody got mauled by a that bear. That, too, was, like, a big thing around that time of, like, the sudden cut of, like, the animal getting somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it happened so fast you can barely see it. Like, yeah. that was a very popular, like, mm-hmm. comedy move. Oh, yeah. This was uh, also written by the same guy that did Old School, by the way. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So, after the credits, the, uh, the hippie gets cash from Jackie. Not the full 10,000, though. <laughs> and like just, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just kick him again. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess he showed up three times. That's all they needed. They needed the third time for him to show up. And it doesn't pay off that joke at all. Yeah. Um. Anyways, let's take a break. <laughs> Yeah, it's me, Jackie Murphy. Let's fill the bathtub full of sweat. All right. Baby, who wants to love the sexy? Baby, are you ready to lick the sexy? Take off the shoes and suck the sexy. Baby, we're naked and we're humping sexy. And we're back. Um, that was such a lovely break. <laughs> I needed a break to recharge from that discussion of such a movie. Um, anyways, right now we're doing our trailers. Um, and I'll go first. In a world where the weed is this chauvinistic asshole guy who's supposed to be professional but he's kind of not at all he's more of a semi-pro he owns a suit and he has a fro and he is goofy and he sings a song and sends the semis and it's Anchorman. Sorry, guys. I'm doing Anchorman right now. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some more. Give us some more. <laughs> um, he, there's just nothing but guys in this movie. And there's one female that is the main character. Like this room. <laughs> true. True. I mean, like, it's true. Um, there's a bear in this movie. It is... Said the seventies as well, and then anchors. Semi pro. My terrible attempt at creating a joke that was I don't know. That was wonderful. <laughs> okay, you, who wants to go first? It feels like you got something cooking. Oh, should I do? Am my, I crazy? My yeah, you want to go? First? I mean, that's yeah. I'll, I'll do. I'll, I'll okay. okay. In a world where it's hard for a man to find himself, Will Ferrell plays a struggling businessman, ball player, husband, lover, and friend 
all wrapped into one. He struggles on everything he does. And no matter what, people treat him like he's a joke. So Will Ferrell does something about that. In a twist that nobody saw coming, he suddenly shows up to work one day and he and he uh, <laughs> and he says that there's a new ball player in town. And it's played by Woody Harrelson. But what you don't know until <laughs> really late in the picture is that Woody Harrelson, the man that Will wants to be, who talks like he wants to talk, who makes love like Will wants to make love, is the same person. Woody is the key to what Will has wanted to be all along. Nobody knows his family. Hello, ball players. <laughs> this is going good. Yeah, <laughs> this is going great. good. <laughs> Nobody knows that they're the same person. All they know is that the new will is the will that they've wanted all along. He gets, he gets the girl. He wins the big game. He even fights the bear. That's it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Semi-pro. Colon. Yeah, semi semi <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, okay, Eric. All right, I guess here I go. All right, let's see. We hear the roar of love. Clapping, wooting, shouting in a world exactly like your own. A world in which human beings have, have become obsessed with the process behind the art that makes them feel alive. Ladies and gentlemen, here at Madison Square Garden, we present to you the one, the only, Will Ferrell. Rawr, rawr. Will Ferrell walks across the stage. The crowd cheers. People scream. Good evening. I'm Will Ferrell. <laughs> And these are some of my stories. Boom! Pyrotechnics go off behind him as a as a projector lights up. Semi-pro, ladies and gentlemen. I've made a lot of bad movies in my life, but I've never made a movie where I told. Semi-pro. <laughs> Love is sexy. <laughs> Will Ferrell fist into the air. <laughs> oh, so good. Wow. Yeah. I've, we've been doing this for since February, right. let's say. Yeah. That might have been the best trailer <laughs> anyone has ever done. Yeah, he, he wow. did the sound design for me. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that you do that. 
anything to do now. Um, so we're we've come to the close, boys. Um, <laughs> would you guys do you guys have anything to plug? Social media? Oh, you gotta check out the Podacy. Oh, yes. What is that? If- <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if you take a gander at Adam's podcast, Finger Guns Presents Comedy, yeah. Finger Guns Comedy, yeah. you could listen to Gabe and I <laughs> attempt to explain our podcast for a solid fifteen minutes. Yeah, Which they please never did. don't try to explain it on this podcast. I run a tight ship here. Okay, that was the episode that we were on. Yes, yes. we yes. were yes. on yes. together. Um, it was um. a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> A nightmare is where we Uh, eat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. What what else? So, Podacy is your guys' podcast. Oh, yeah. Dumb Improv Podcast. Yes. So much fun. There it is. Wow. Well done. We did it. Got it. it. Social media? Gabe, go for it. Um, yeah, you can find me, um, on Twitter at Gabe Durham. Um, but I, uh, tweet the most from at boss fight books, which is my business for right. great books on classic video games. Yes. Um, you can follow, well, actually, first of all, you can follow, uh, the Podacy on Twitter at Podacy show. If you're ever interested in updates, you can follow me, uh, Eric Pastor at the Eric Pastor on Twitter with one E, one E. Oh, no, 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 no. Twitter is at oh, Twitter. the Eric Pastor. Instagram is at Veric Pastor. Right. Uh. Because I like to make it confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good choice. Um, that's all I got. Um, you can follow me on your host, Mary, at MaryHBWin on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show. On all social media, everything is on our website at in it's inaworldpod.com. And like, subscribe, rate, review, please. And we're really excited because next week is Halloween. Halloween. Whoa, 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 whoa. Halloween. Yeah, you guys are coming out on uh, the last Monday of September. Oh, yes. got it. Love it. So I thought I was we, I I thought I lost a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> so gotcha. we will we have something really fun, exciting to plan uh-huh. or like to Should we uh, announce show you? the the movie that we're going to do next week? Yes. Okay. Um so the movie we will be doing is the Monster Squad, the 1987. Monster Squad. And we have a very special guest planned for yes. that. Um, we will not say it just in case we back out. Anyways, thank you guys so much. Have a good night. And we close the well. And they say, <laughs> oh! <laughs>